time for the SBL shoot around, and we got the women's competition covered with Giants all-time great and two-time coach of the year, Randy McGill, joining Chris Pike for all the latest news, analysis, and interviews. Let's go on another SBL shoot around. Hello and welcome to another episode of SBL Shootaround and we've been talking about it for weeks and now the time's finally here. We've been talking about the build-up to real basketball action taking place. The West Coast Classics had a big build-up and now all of a sudden, this Friday night, it all gets underway. So make sure you get out to one of your venues this Friday night or Saturday night to watch some SBL action and we're going to preview all of that here on this week's SBL Shootaround. We've got a very special guest from somebody that will be taking part in the action on the court as well and who has been... One of the great stalwarts of the league over the last seven or eight years. So really looking forward to that. So plenty to get through on this this episode. But as always, the man that you want to hear from is my co-host. So I'm Chris Pike, but Randy Meagle, thanks for joining me again. Yeah, thanks, Chris. And uh, yeah, exciting build-up for this week. And looking forward to seeing some uh, live sport. Actually went along to the netball Wednesday night and mm-hmm. seen the fever play. And uh, yeah, the amount of people, I think there's 4,000 people yeah. there. It's just good to sit there and you know talk to people in the stands <laughs> yeah. and actually see a bit of action. Yeah, I think people are really excited to go and watch some live live action. So I'd be expecting some pretty good crowds at the, the West Coast Classic Games this weekend. Yeah, I would think so. I think just looking at the fixtures there, that uh, Willerton Tigers, Lakeside Lightning, is yeah. at, uh, the new stadium. So yep. I reckon that'll be full. Yeah, I'm planning on getting along to that. So mm. hopefully, I'll, hopefully, I'll find a seat. Yeah. It was always tough to find a seat at that old Willerton Stadium. So hopefully, hopefully, this one's a little bit easier. If not, hopefully, then their CEO Michael Nett can look after me. I was going to say you have a few contacts. <laughs> there. You'll be fine. It, it's actually never helped me before you might be surprised surprised to, surprised to hear but yeah really looking forward to this show randy so we'll get we'll do a full preview of that round one of the west coast classic later on and yeah can't wait because when we decided to go ahead with this this show this year we still didn't know that we'd actually be seeing any basketball we thought we might be able to help fill the void of the lack of basketball and, and hopefully would end up with some basketball to to end up talking about and now we're eight episodes into into our journey here and all of a sudden we're preparing for a round one which is which is pretty good yeah it's going to be probably hard to pick the first round obviously we're just mm. going to go on what's on paper yeah but uh once we get through one and two rounds one and two we'll have a bit more of an indication of mm. how the clubs are faring yeah it's really hard to know who's going to actually turn up for each team until we actually see them so that that creates a lot of excitement in, in its own it's in its own right because we might see some some faces and names that we weren't expecting so we, we look forward to seeing how that unfolds. Going back to last week's show here on SBL Shootaround, unfortunately you couldn't couldn't join me for a, for my chat with Craig Allen, but I really enjoyed catching up with the Perth Redbacks coach, somebody who's done a really long apprenticeship to get his chance to be a head coach, somebody who has been involved in basketball for a long time. I found it fascinating that he ended up going up to, to Geraldton for his first job out, out of out of uni to go and work at the Geraldton Hospital and then ended up spending a season up there with the Bucks in the, in the inaugural SBL season. He just had such an amazing basketball story to Share. Yeah, and again, he's somebody that last week we talked about how you have had some chats with him, you know, along the sidelines, and you've seen him down on that Willerton bench a lot of the time. But yeah, it was great to learn a bit more, a bit more about Craig. Yeah, I didn't know that he played for the Bucks, mm. so that would have been exciting in the in the first yeah. year. Would have been electric up there, and just his team that he's put together. You know, he's got some a good mix of juniors and and some veterans there with mm. Matty Allen and Jess Jackins yeah. and Lipscomb, and you know, and he spoke in the interview that you know he had a lot of teenage. Yep girls there so he's you know he's he's got a good good mix there yeah absolutely and of course we spoke to doc earl last week your old teammate from the goldfields giants and had a lot had a lot of great feedback about about that a lot of people were really excited to to hear from him and hear him talk about his career and and hear about his his life journey and and i, I know my even my mum tuned in and she had a listen and she she loved his story about how he got his his nickname of, of the doc by yeah. by sending that fella to fella to, to hospital and, <laughs> and, and and so had some great feedback from that but we all i also said i'd come back to you this week with something about wayne creek after i chatted chatted to him about you on our our man's sbl shoot around show and you've put your mind to it and you've got a memory of of creaky that might have cost you some money. Yeah, well, it's just creaky, squeaky clean. So there's, <laughs> you know, we're not going to have too many stories mm. about him. But as a young fellow, um, 
we uh, there was a jackpot of lotto on the Saturday night, so as a team we decided to put $10 each in. Instead of sort of picking numbers, we just went with our player uniform numbers. And we had a good spread, you know, it wasn't just like four, five, six, seven, whatever, you know, we had 33 and 45 and 25 and whatever anyway. So um, we'd done that and we give Creaky the job of putting that lotto ticket on for the jackpot on the Saturday A pretty night. easy job. Very easy job, you know, not, not <laughs> yeah. hard. And um, we'd finished the game on the Saturday night and we were sort of all keen to see how we went in the lotto. Well, when we looked at the numbers, we actually got six of the playing numbers only to find out that uh, Creaky forgot, forgot to put it on. <laughs> so, yeah, he's cost us thousands and thousands of dollars. What do you do to a teammate when he does that to you? Oh, I can't remember what we done to him. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's a, a good Wayne Creek story. Yeah. Um <laughs> Do you remember how many thousands it was? Oh, I can't remember, but I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it was at least twenty each. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Let it, I wouldn't have wanted him to be my teammate almost anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> and just with Doc, you know, yeah. you, we're just talking about him. I just got to remember after the the games, we'd go through the the stat sheet and have a look at it, you know. And he was always close to triple doubles, and sometimes he was almost close to quadruple doubles. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have ridiculous numbers. Yeah. You know? So I suppose it's sort of similar to what a Brian Vocal sure. does these days. You know, yep. when I look at his stat sheet, it's just like. That can't be right. Yeah. He almost had three categories more than his points at times. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Doc was the same, you know. Yep. So, yeah, used to fill that stat sheet up like nothing else. Yeah, I really so I really enjoyed last week's show. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, you can still go back in the archives and, and take a listen. Now, this week as well, really excited for our special guest, Amber Land, somebody who, as we'll talk about later, she when she arrived at the Sterling Senators back in 2013, she... She thought it might be just for one year just to find out what playing over in Perth would be like and then she'll potentially even move on from basketball and start the new phase of her life. But here we are now in 2020 and she's still playing in the SBL. She's still one of the best bigs in the league. She's playing now up at the Joondalup Wolves. She started up the the Land Performance Centre, which we'll talk to her about, which is a, a pretty exciting basketball facility up up at Belcada, which um, I recommend anyone to check out if they want to get some some help with, it, with their game. Now, she's not just somebody that you coached against, Randy, which we'll talk to Amber about later but somebody that you wouldn't have minded if she played for you yeah i did try to um entice amber to come down and play in mandarin i think it was 2016 mm-hmm. she was exactly the type of player that uh, we needed yeah so um made contact with amber and asked her the question mm. it didn't work but mm-hmm. you know that's sort of the respect i've, I've got for yeah. her and uh, you know she's a well-respected player around the league and she was the heart and soul of that sterling team for many years yeah, well, I mean, the fact that you wanted to recruit her, I think, says it all about what you think of her. So really looking forward to to speaking to her. Now Now that we're only days away from the West Coast Classic, we'll do a full round one preview later on. But if you were, if you were still coaching at the Mandarin Magic or if you're one of the players now getting ready for it, does life now start to feel like it's getting back to a bit more normal, that you get into a week now where you're putting all your focus into getting ready for a game on Friday night? Yeah, well, you've got to sort of, you know, looking at the... Fixtures, there's a few double headers. Yep. So, you know, they'll be starting to think, you know, have a probably a good hit out tomorrow night and then a light session Thursday and, you know, be looking at a recovery on either Friday night or Saturday morning. Sure. And yeah, so everything will start going back to, to normal. So you wouldn't be thinking just of the games, but also, you know, what's happening off court with yeah. work, trying to get off work early. And yep. yeah. Now, before we get to Amberland, I wanted to have a, have another chat to you about some, some thoughts on coaching. We've had a, a chat about different things associated with coaching over our first seven shows. But for this time, I want to talk a bit more about the parenting side of it. I want to start with what it's like to coach coach your own own child, especially when you get to SBL level. I imagine it's a little bit different at underage level where you can probably not so much favour a little bit more, but maybe you, you can get away with a little bit more. But once you get to a, the level as high as the SBL, what's it like coaching your own your own daughter? Are you almost harder on on her because you don't want to be favouring her, or, or how, how do you, how did you approach it? Um, probably, yeah. Sometimes you probably were a little bit harder, and probably found it easier to talk to her mm. in that way. Um, but I never found it difficult at all. You know, I always was just fair with her, um, and I think you know the people around me or the teammates knew that Hmm. you know there was no special favors or anything like that and it is that's the only way you can do it i mean there's been lots of people you know that have coached their kids at a high level you know obviously andrew gaze and lindsay at the highest level but you know the gardeners and stuff like that through 
three, you know, Tom Knowles, he's yeah. coaching. So I actually didn't find it too bad. You know, when they're a junior, you just want to go in there and help them, try mm. and give them the best coaching that you can give them, yeah. you know, because someone just puts their hand up and said, I'll do it. But then, you, you know, you join in and help out. But uh, um, yeah, at that level, I, I didn't find it difficult. Yeah. You mentioned the gardeners. I think Ryan Gardner feels like he was treated probably – he was held to a much higher standard by his dad, John, than mm. perhaps his teammates were. And, and, <clears throat> and, and that was probably his dad just wanting to make it look like he wasn't favouring his son yeah. at all. Um, in some ways, with you and Casey did it, given you had that close bond and you were working in a team environment together and working towards the goal of, I guess, winning a championship ultimately, did it, did it bring you closer in some ways? Yeah, it, it did. I think, I mean, we had a really, I can remember driving up to the grand final, actually, it was just Casey and I, it was yep. quite special, you know, then yeah. we sort of drove home after the game and, you know, that's sort of a, a memory that I'll keep close to my heart, you know, mm. it, was, it was really nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, so it should be. Have you coached Chad at any sort of level? I uh, coached Chad in under 12s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that was interesting. Oh, well, that's fascinating, though. That goes to my point. What's the difference coaching them at underage level compared to senior level? Oh, I think it's a lot more fun. Yeah, for <laughs> when, sure. when they're younger, you know, you can have a laugh with yeah. them, and you know, they make lots of different mistakes when you're trying to put the fundamentals in with their footwork, and you know. But um, yeah, I love that. I've done that for a couple of years when they first, when the boys first yep. started off, and enjoyed it. And then the difference. What's it like? Especially Casey's the perfect example because you went from coaching her to then watching someone else coach her. What's yep. it like? seeing your daughter get coached by somebody else after coaching coaching her yeah it's i suppose it's a little probably more difficult do you know what i mean mm. um i always sort of just ask about the communication i like to see coaches communicate with them and sometimes they may not see something that you see you know, they might not see a strength or haven't mm. seen a strength yet in yeah. in what they can do whereas you obviously know your kids weaknesses and strengths back to mm. front so it's not a, it's not an easy thing but you just got to have trust in who's coaching them or looking after them yeah has it been different watching the way Chad has been coached to Casey, or is it? Is, do you see both pretty similar? Uh, both pretty similar. I mean, Aaron was Chad's coach, um, and Aaron was pretty. You know, he gave all his players the opportunity to to perform, and mm-hmm. Chad had that opportunity. And you know, I think they had a pretty good working relationship yep. at that stage. And you know, he he had it pretty tough as he was. Going up in juniors, I think his Mandra Magic wobble record is not really good. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, he, he struggled along there for a little while. But um. mm. Now, what about as a coach, probably especially, especially when you're a, a women's SBL coach, when you, are, you do have players in your team who are teenagers still, how did you find dealing with parents? Did you have some, some parents of the girls that really liked to get involved? Was that a challenge at times? Yeah, well, the first rule I had was basically if you're under 18 or if you're over 18, I don't want to hear from your parents. Yep, okay. fair, fair enough, yeah. That was just a rule. If they were under 18, I was more than happy to sure. to listen to the parents. You know, there's nothing worse than you're trying to talk to a girl in front of you and she's looking straight over your shoulder and looking at her mum and dad in the crowd and so, sort of almost talking to them, you yeah. know. So you've just got to be straight up with them and tell the parents. That mm. it's, it's, it's a big game here now. It's not, not juniors. That's no, a great point. I, I won't name names just because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but back in 2010, I was working with the Wildcats and I was traveling with them during the grand final. So we went over to Wollongong mm-hmm. and, and Rob Beveridge, the coach, decided to make a change to his starting lineup because one of the, he brought a, a player off the bench who was playing a milestone game, so he was going to start him in the grand final in, in game one. So he did that. But then that whole, the whole next two days in between games, the father of the player who he had started him ahead of was on the phone to him complaining about how dare you start him ahead of my son. You've ruined his confidence. He's not going to want to play for you anymore and you're not going to get anything out of him now for the rest of the, the grand final. So thanks a lot. That's the sort of thing probably why you don't want to hear from parents. I was going to say, you imagine what Rob Everidge's <laughs> response would have been to that. You can imagine that too, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, that, that's why you, parents aren't always the, – the, they always want what's best for their child, but they don't always actually – do what's best for their child, do they? Sometimes I guess that emotional side of it gets gets in the way. Yeah, I can be quite honest. I've sort of had fractured relationships, friendships, broken up, you know, like you've known people for you know, 10 years and you've coached their kids or whatever and just because they haven't been put on the court, they, you know, don't want to talk to you, yeah. you know, after the game or they, you can just sense there's something not quite right, mm. you know, and that's that happened numerous amounts of wow. times, yeah. you know. So you just got to stick to your guns, you're the, you know, you're the coach and mm. you just got to stand by what you, what you believe in. Yeah, the reason I wanted to bring this topic up was because you've brought it up a couple of times asking, what sort of parent will people be? You've asked a couple of our guests, and, and I guess 
It's really important to be supportive as a parent, isn't it, without crossing cross, yeah. crossing the line. That's just the way it has to be. I, I remember when I used to play my junior sport growing up, my, my dad held me to a hell of a high standard. So if I wasn't one of the best players in the game or if I didn't play well, then the abuse I'd cop afterwards was pretty incredible. So the, <laughs> the, the car trips home were pretty miserable and, and that kind of killed my enjoyment of it because if suddenly I wasn't out there to just enjoy myself. I knew I had to play well or else I was going to cop it from my dad afterwards and I know he, he probably only did it because he wanted the best for me, but it really didn't bring the best out of me. Yeah, had the opposite effect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, I sort of, you know, I I just believe that the kids have got to play kids. People mm. have got to play for the enjoyment yeah. to start with, you know. And I think my kids, you know, and that, this includes my two stepdaughters as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about Casey yeah. and Chad. So they both play sport, you know. They've just got to be they, – they're all humble. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fair in the game and they play the game for the right reasons, yeah. which is to enjoy it, yeah. you know. And I think as – as players getting coached, you know, they they try hard mm. and they're respectful yeah. and uh, that's all you can ask, you know, mm-hmm. and whether they're ex- a success in the sport that they're playing. Yeah. Well, you know, you've done your job if, if you've given them, if you've given mm. them those um, things to work on. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned before some of the trouble you've had with, with, with parents. I mean, what do you do as a coach when you've got a crazy parent sidelines sc- screaming abuse either at her own own child to try, or or his own child to do better, or screaming at the coach, put my child on, or I don't know. Even if they're screaming at the referees, that's 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 still just stepping over the line. Mm. Have you had to step in at times as a coach? Oh, uh, maybe once or twice. Not a great deal. I think it's you just got to tell them to pull their heads in, really, because it's an embarrassment. You know, <laughs> yeah, in in some way for not them, but uh, you know, the, the girl that's playing, Absolutely. the guy that's playing. You know, you, you, so. you would almost say, look, that's not my mum, isn't it? No, well, you would. Yeah, so you. They've just got to be told, you know, in a nice way to yep. just settle down a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, making a making a scene. No, no, fascinating discussion. And when you look back, are you pretty happy? Do you feel like, as a as a parent of of four children, if you include your stepchildren, mm. that you've done things the right way? Are you pretty happy that you've been been a, been a good example as a as a sporting parent rather than one of the the bad ones? Yeah, I think so. The kids haven't caused any problems to any coaches, or you know, they don't kick chairs, they don't get tech <laughs> fouls, or you know, if they're beaten, they're, they're beaten fairly. So yeah, no. And the good thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, the good thing is you always got a smile on their face, or you know, they've you know that they've worked their ass off during mm. the game, so they have got the right uh, right approach to the game. Mm, fantastic. Now, before we head to Amberland and and a, a chat about her, you know, her entire basketball journey. This show, SBL Studio, wouldn't be possible without Bassett Scarf Realty, the best in the business. If you need to have anything to do with a property in Mandurah, if you're looking to, to rent, to buy, to make a move, to put your house on the market, whatever you want to do, Bassett Scarf Realty are the ones that will take care of you. And of course, if they're willing to support SBL Shootaround, then we urge you to support them in return and bassettscarfrealty.com.au is where you can find them get in touch with them and they'll they'll take care of all you need so thanks to them once again for all of their support and now when we come back we'll hear from amber land okay randy time for our our guest here this week on sbl shoot around and i'm really really looking forward to talking 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 to this lady she's been been one of my favorite players players to watch in the SBL since since my time, you know, watching and working in the league. I know how highly you think of her because as we spoke about before, you tried to recruit her down to the Mandurah Magic and she's got much more than just what she's done on the SBL court and she's had a terrific 165 games in the SBL so far, split between the Warwick Senators and now the Joondalup Wolves, but a remarkable remarkable life story coming up from a, a small town in North Dakota, going to a, a pretty big school at it at Eastern Michigan University, you know, ending up playing playing at a couple of different places across the world, including a former club of yours in in South Australia before now coming to Perth a bit on a bit of a whim and not knowing quite what the future would hold, but ultimately she's now an Australian citizen. I think she calls Perth home and and she's pretty settled here, including setting up what I'm looking forward to talking to her about, the Land Performance Center. So, plenty to talk to her about. But that's enough of me waffling on. Let's get straight to the to the lady herself. Amber, thanks very much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. When I do mention what you've been able to achieve over the last seven years since you arrived in Perth, um, first of all, did you ever imagine you would still be here this long? And, and how proud are you in terms of what you've been able to do on the basketball court ever since you, you did, get, did get out here? 
Um, yeah, that's a really interesting question in terms of like, did I see myself being here this long? You know, I played a few places before I got to Perth. And, and for me, when I came here, I was kind of at a point where I'm like, I either want to stay here for a long time, or, you know, maybe it's time to hang up the shoes and, and be done with playing. You know, maybe this will be kind of a one mm. and done, and that's kind of the, the closure of it. Okay. So I'm absolutely thrilled that I'm still playing, that I'm still having a ball, and I'm playing as well. Like, I've been able to keep up the standard as long as I have. Like, I'm just really grateful that I've had the opportunity, really. Well, there's certainly no doubt about the standard that you continue to play at. You, you continue to be the trendsetter as a, as a big in, in this league. Um, now, as I, as you know, Randy Meagle is my co-host. What comes to mind yeah. when you think about playing against the Mandarin Magic teams that were, were coached by him over that five-year period? Oh, um, I always really enjoy playing against Mandra. One, because like off the court, the Mandra girls are all lovely. They're really nice, really friendly. Hmm. But you wouldn't know it when you play, them, play against them. <laughs> no, because no. On, on the court, you know it's going to be a physical game. You know probably going to leave with a few more bruises than when you walked in. And hmm. and they always play at this consistent level of effort where like they play hard and they enjoy the game. And yeah, it'll get a bit feisty and a bit scrappy sometimes but you need teams like that to to kind of push the boundaries of of the game and to see what's what's allowed and you know i'm i'm a big believer in you know if it if it doesn't get physical then maybe the game's not being played quite as well as it could be sure hey how you going amber randy here hey yeah, thanks for those uh, comments. I was, we've got the, uh, I know the Mandra girls had the utmost respect for yourself as well, just for all the reasons that you mentioned. Every time we, we did play Getch, we, we knew we were in a game and uh, it was uh, hard stuff on the court, but uh, we all uh, got on off the court. And, you know, I was actually interested in recruiting you at some stage, if you remember back in, I think it was 15. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. 15, 16, just for the reason that I think you would have been a great fit for, for our girls. So, yeah, great stuff. Bamboo, rebounding machine, play hard, and um, you're always a great competitor and uh, had lots of respect for yourself. Ah, oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. That's that's fascinating, fascinating, Randy. I didn't know about that. Um, if you have a look at your Mandra teams, I guess the one missing piece was that genuine big who could be that, that, that I guess, that player that can provide the sort of 15 and 10 numbers that Amber provides. Did you, did you see that as the missing piece? and? And did you see Amber as the perfect, perfect, I guess, fit for that for that puzzle? Yep, that was the reason why. And obviously, Amber decided to start in Perth, which is which is fine. You know, we would have loved mm. it down there. But I suppose that's when we went to Carly Bogue yep. to give us that sort of uh, same sort of presence and and rebounding presence and and points. Now, Amber, what's this past? four-month period been like for you? Obviously, COVID-19 has affected the whole world in, in one way or another, and everyone has been touching it some way. But as a basketball player, first of all, and then I'll touch on outside of basketball as well, what was it like to have gone through your whole preseason for your second season at the Wolves, gone through the Blitz and been ready for, for round one, and then having had that snatched away from you and then basically having the great unknown and if you'd get to play basketball at all this year, and now having to start up again to get ready for the season and now where, you know, less than a week away almost from the West Coast Classic. What what has this been like in a basketball sense for you? Um, I think for me in a basketball sense, I've probably handled it better than a lot of people um, as mm-hmm. as an import and playing around the world. There's, there's a point where you often don't actually know where your next contract is going to sure. come from and when it, when it's going to come. So you kind of have to be in this, in this place of, of fit enough to get yourself ready in a very short amount of time. And living in that uncertainty is a place I've been before. So, so that wasn't a challenge. That wasn't so much a challenge for me. What I actually found the hardest was that I missed the game and I missed yeah. competing and I missed, like, I missed just the chance to shut off the rest of the world and go on court and just play and enjoy and, you know, have that physical exertion and, and the chance to just play and enjoy the game. Like, I found I really, really missed that. And I guess in that sense, I mean, you lost in the first round of the playoffs to Perry Lakes last year. So that's. We're talking early August, and now we're almost into August again. The following year, right. you haven't had to, you haven't, you haven't been able to play an official, you know, um, <laughs> game since since then. It's been a hell of a long wait. Yeah, 
Um, and it's been, yeah, it, it has been a long time. And I think the Blitz kind of kind of gave you just that taste of where you're ready to yep. go. You see how things are shaping up, and then it's all kind of pulled away from you. And so you sit down, you reevaluate. I'm pretty big on gratitude, so I really tried to focus on positives in there. Like I had a couple niggles um, at the Blitz, and so it was actually good for me in terms of like my body feels better now than it did mm. at the Blitz. So I'm quite happy in that. Like I can now go into this shortened season feeling better than I did in March. And and so I just focus on that and try to avoid thinking about the negative side of things. <laughs> yeah, no, that's no, that's great. Am, um, both Randy and I on this show so far, we've talked about how how we how we saw the team shaping up for the SBL season before it was taken away and both of us had had the Wolves very high up there in our in our predictions. How firstly, how excited were you for what this team could have done this SBL season? And how close to replicating that do you think you can get now? in the West Coast Classic. Yeah, see, we're actually in a really, I think, unique position in the sense of, you know, we had Kayla coming back and we had Shawnee coming back in. And after missing part of last season and, you know, not quite a, kind of being ready to go. And so where last season kind of had a really disappointing end to it because we had pieces fall out for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, and players, players pull out. You know, we had this kind of uncertainty at the beginning of the year back in back in March where we didn't know quite when Kayla would be ready. You know, we didn't know if Amy Kidney is coming back. Mm. You know, Shawnee, you know, you know, she's kind of finding the groove and getting back in. And so there's all these all these, in a sense, unknowns that we're presenting in March. And the be- beautiful thing about this delay is is that's given us a lot more certainty in those players and what they can bring and where they fit. Because, you know, when you have players of that caliber, playing at full fitness isn't nearly as important as having their their smarts and their experience and everything yeah, else right. with them on the court. And so it's kind of created this cool dynamic where where we took a break, we came back, we got together, and everybody's kind of a bit rusty. And so rather than being a, a big difference in terms of, you know, you have these people that have been playing together for a couple months, and then Taylor, Shawnee, and a bit of Amy are trying to slot back in. Now you have this, well, everybody's a bit rusty, so we're all trying to figure mm-hmm. out each other together again. And it, it's created this really cool dynamic where, where we're all in the same boat, we're all playing for each other. And trainings have been really, really cool, really engaging, really tough sometimes because we're mm. we're fairly deep in terms of talent. So it makes it it makes it really quite enjoyable. Yeah, that's what I um had mentioned in a previous episode, Amber, that uh, your scrimmage sessions would be really competitive. And yeah. uh, they say you've been going at it for probably at least you know maybe four weeks max. So you've probably got a a real good head start on a lot of other clubs who are uh, not struggling to find numbers, but you know, probably aren't at, at the strength and depth of what you guys are. Yeah, agreed. It's definitely it's definitely um, a privilege and, and a treat to have the amount of depth and the amount of quality players we have at training every week. Yeah. How close to the group that you would have had for the SBL season will, will you now have for this West Coast Classic? Do you think are you are you pretty close to the same sort of strength? Yeah, so we lost, like, Brittany was in as an import player and she had yeah, to go yeah. home. So, you know, it's it's kind of interesting because she's she was a new piece for us and was really mm. starting to fit in and, and fit the system, and she had to go home, so we lose that. But in the process, like, Kayla's come back, and so yeah. it's we're probably slightly weaker because we don't have that same depth in the post, but then... You know, it's for all for everything it looks like, it looks like Kayla's ready to go. So mm-hmm. that's really exciting for me to get a chance to play with her again. I mean, I love playing the first half of the season with her last year. Yeah. So to have her back in um, as another big body in the paint, it's uh, it's super exciting. For so much of your career at Sterling, you were the lone warrior inside with battling against the the two or three bigs of the opposition, and and you, and you did it did an incredible job for the whole time you, you you were there. But what was it like then last year to have some more help? What was it like to actually play alongside some other genuine bigs and to have some some support? I guess until Kate Kayla went down. But what's it like yeah. now to have some some really good support alongside you? Oh, it's amazing. Like the amount of time, you know, I've had conversations with previous coaches about, can we get another big? Can we get another big? Cause mm-hmm. I always, I always know like my strength is playing with another big and with, you know, ideally somebody bigger than me. Cause I'm still relatively undersized as much mm-hmm. as I am can handle my own. Like I'm not, I'm not a huge big. And so when I'm consistently having to guard people, you know, bigger and taller than I am, it, it takes its toll. So <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Like, and it, you know, it creates a flexibility where, you know, if I'm, if I'm having a game where I'm just not rebounding well or or maybe, you know, it's a team like Mandra where they send three people to box me out every possession. Yep. You know, it gets really hard to rebound to rebound and then 
didn't kind of get into it to my game that way. So to have, yeah, have especially when two of those are Clastoni sisters. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so to have full confidence that even if I don't get the rebound, there's a high chance my teammates will get that rebound is is a really cool place to play out of. And it makes it really fun because I don't have to carry as much and I can play a lot looser and probably make better decisions as a result of it. And Amber, what have you found the biggest differences in, in both clubs but yet being so close in proximity? Have you found there's a huge difference? Um, are you talking more like club culture or playing group or playing style? Well, it's probably more, probably more culture, I would say. Than uh, I, I know you, you know, you were there for a long period of time at Senators, seven years or so, and you've only yeah. been there walks for one. But have you sort of found any huge differences, say, off the court and, and culture-wise? Yeah, I think one of the one of the biggest differences is, you know, Senators are very much family oriented and they promote themselves as that and there's you know there's this real feel of come on in you're welcome dear family and that's this consistent message that they give which is really cool one of the things i actually really appreciate about wolves which is different not necessarily good or bad or different or otherwise but i definitely really appreciate it is from the very first conversation i had with them they're saying you know we're here to win we're about winning. We want to win. And, and as somebody that likes to win and is pretty competitive, it's nice to know when, when that's a focus. You know, it's not, you know, that's not the be all end all. Like they understand there's a broader picture, but it, but they're pretty upfront of, hey, we want to win. So I appreciate that because, you know, sometimes in the heat of a game, it's just about winning. And that's the only thing that's important in those 40 minutes is what can I do within my power to win? And so to have a club that, that sees it that way is really kind of cool as opposed to, you know, sometimes in the middle of a game, it's like, oh, I'm meant to be a role model for these kids and is what I'm doing really reflecting the club's values and priorities in terms of role modeling for kids where I'm like, but wait, I'm still a competitor. And so there was always a bit of tension with that uh, for me at Senators. So just different, but they each have their strengths. So works for me. What about yeah. um, your emotions watching the Senators last year make the grand final after being the sort of heart and soul of the team? What were your feelings there? <laughs> uh, yeah. That was tough. Because I must admit, I did, I did feel for you, and I was thinking of you. You know, it, it was something where I was driving to the game because I was at the game. I mean, I have friends that play for Senators, so I was always going to be there. And I have this, you know, I have this tension when I'm going to watch of, do I want Senators to win? Do I want them to lose? Like, am I okay with this? And it was, it was really emotional for me. And I'm driving to the game, and as I'm driving to the game. I really came to this place of, you know what, I'm really happy with the move I made to the Wolves. Like, it was a tough season for us, but personally, professionally, and as a player, like, it was a fantastic move for me. And so so I just chose, like I mentioned earlier, to be grateful for that. And, you know, come what may with the grand final, like, if Senators won, if Senators lost... I was okay with that because I'm like, you know what, it was it was the best move for me at the time and I can't you know, I can't second guess decisions like that based on how a team does. Yeah, definitely emotional and, and a bit tough, but at the end of the day, you know, you make decisions and, and you live with them and I was really happy with the decision I made. Yeah, I mean and that's what I noticed when I spoke to you last year, Amber. Obviously I'd watched your whole career, but up until last year I hadn't had the chance to actually actually speak to you in person and that's when I found I guess a whole new respect for you because I got to know you a little bit as a person and what I appreciated the most was just how honest you were and 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 a lot of I guess a lot of players are a little bit guarded on what they would like to 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 share publicly but when I when I didn't know what your answer would be but when I just asked you about why you did leave the Senators to go to the Bulls and you were just so upfront and honest about the fact that it was because the new coach Dion came in and you didn't really like what, what he saw being your role and and you felt you felt the best thing for you to, was to move on because of that and and that's what you did and and I mean, I just appreciate how honest you were about that. And but at the same time, you also mentioned how it wasn't an easy decision. You had so many sleepless nights actually coming to make that final decision as as hard as as hard as it was. Now that you've had another twelve months to think about it, how do you feel about the move? Are you even happier that you did? I mean, to be honest, had the guts to to make such a big move. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think in a lot of ways, I feel I feel much the same. It's just probably a little less intense. Um, like there's still there's still part of me. Like I bumped into somebody at Woolies the other day that that I've known you know since like day two that I was in Perth, and you know to be able to sit 
to, or to, you know, chat for 20 minutes in Woolies because, like, that sort of relationship is there. Mm. Like, that sort of stuff I always value about the Senators, and I still value about the Senators. But to be able to have the opportunity to, you know, expand my game as a player and, and to play for a coach. I mean, I rave about Nixie, but play for a coach that I communicate with, that, we, that I can get on the same wavelength, um, is just really important to me at this stage of my career. And yeah, I feel much the same. Like there's still yeah. an element of bittersweet to it. And there's still an element, like I spent six years at Senators and, yeah. and it's a club that, that I'll always love and I'll always support. But the, rea- the reality is I wear green now and, and mm-hmm. I'm there to win. And my teammates at Wolves are, are fantastic. And, and that's part of the game, you know, life changes and, and things move, but it's been, it's still been a good move for me. Like don't, you can't second guess decisions like that, but I know yeah. it was the right decision for me. Tracing right back. Now, growing up in a pretty small town in North Dakota and then going to high school, and, and what I read about you was that you rewrote all the record books playing high school basketball there. Can you talk to me what life was like growing up where you did? Oh, wow. Um, so I, I grew up in Cullum, North Dakota, which is a town that I think is about 400 people now. Um, I went to a public school with a graduating class of 13 people, and everybody graduated because wow. why wouldn't you? And so our varsity basketball team, like so 13 people in my graduating class, 50 people in the high school, that means there's like 25 girls in the high school to make a varsity basketball team. And so, so growing up in the country like that, I just played basketball. And and I was lucky enough to really start loving the game in about year seven and year eight. And so, you know, whether it was playing with, you know, with the girls during the summer, whether it was playing with, you know, the community, the men in the community that played, you know, on a random night during the summer as well. Like, like my exposure to the game of basketball was probably different than most. And the opportunities mm. I had were probably a little limited because of it. But at the same point, like, like there's so many positive things about growing up in the country and you know, and just the safety and security I had, you know, because relatively no crime and, and no accidents and, and you know everybody and they know you. And so that was, yeah, I can't, I can't really complain. Like I, yeah. I ended up, ended up here. So life's good. I'm sure you agree, Randy. How many people live in Murray Bridge? Well, Murray Bridge is a bit bigger than 400. It was about yeah. um, maybe 12,000 people. Okay. Yeah. So a lot bigger than that. <laughs> You then went on, Amber, to Eastern Michigan University, a pretty, pretty big school. What was, what was the adjustment like to suddenly be in such an environment? How did you find your four years there? Oh, the, the adjustment was massive. And, and I'll forever remember the difference. Like my first day that classes started and I walked out of the dorms and I looked around and, you know, I could probably see 400 people and I didn't <laughs> even recognize a soul. You know, yep, it's yep, yep. Going, going from a town where you know everybody and you know their grandmas and you know their, you know, their kids and you know who's cousins and who's related and, mm. and you know their birthdays and their middle names to walking out of the dorm and seeing about the same amount of people and not even, you know, these are people I've never <laughs> seen before in my life. Yeah. And and the shock value of that was something that that I will never forget. So it was it was a huge adjustment. The pace of the game was massive, going from Class B basketball in North Dakota to Division One basketball. So the pace was a huge adjustment. I actually took a redshirt year my freshman year to help adjust to the pace, the physicality, and a bit of like it was a bit of culture shock. Like small town, small town North Dakota is a little different than a suburb of Detroit. And mm. so, believe it or not, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and thankfully. Like my teammates were awesome, the coaches were great, and it helped make that adjustment a bit a bit easier for me. And and it was it was surprising when I'd go back home to to visit my folks and to visit my family. Like people in the community would ask, like, "Are you going back?" And and for me, that was that was never a question because I wanted to play and I wanted to play at a high level and I wanted to compete. And so, you know, basketball has always been kind of that driving force for me. So it was, it was never a question and, and it was ups and downs like a lot of college athletes, you know, it's it sometimes sold as a, as all shiny and roses and, and the reality is, is it's a grind more often, mm. more often than not. So, yeah. After and that, when did you, when did you first think you could play basketball professionally and what were those couple of years like when you were playing, you know, spending some time in Europe and, and different places? Um, I, I actually didn't know that I, that I could play professionally. Hmm. To be honest, there's not there's not many pathways in the U.S. to do that. Yeah. After after I finished college, I played I played a season of semi professional um, basketball in Flint, Michigan. Ironically enough, yep. and I met a girl named Dana Jones who actually played for Perry Lakes in 2010, I believe. Okay. Um, and she 
Um, she connected me with an agent that she had, you know, and a couple months went by before I got my first opportunity overseas. And, you know, I really had to sit down and do some soul searching of, is this what I actually want to do? Is it something I'm willing to make the move to do? And once I'd made that decision of, yes, definitely, you know, you kind of give it your best shot and hope for the best. And thankfully, it worked out for me. Now, did you, before you got to Perth, did you spend a season in Adelaide as well? Yeah, so I spent a season in Adelaide, and I actually spent a season over in the Seabull playing for Albury Wodonga. Okay. Well, was it was it Central yeah. District? Because that's where Randy Randy spent a bit of time playing too. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I um, was in between seasons from uh, Queensland and Kalgoorlie and went back there and played for Central. So, yeah, it's a strong competition over there, Amber. And I, I dare say the Albury Wodonga experience, you would have really enjoyed that too by the river. Yeah, yeah, it's a gorgeous place and, yeah, definitely interesting and, and fun. And sort of probably give you that uh, country feeling, you know, being from the country. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, you mentioned before, when you arrived in Perth, you thought it, it might, it'll either be a long-term thing or a one-and-done type thing and then you'll move on from basketball. So once you got here and started playing the Senators, when did you realise that you might want to make this your long-term home and, and, and what, I guess why? Or why? Why has Perth been the place that you've wanted to, to call home ever since? Um, interestingly enough, I'll backtrack a little bit. When I mm-hmm. when I first was in Adelaide, I did some work with a few people that were connected with central districts, a couple of them being an Amer- being Americans. And and one of them said to me a couple months in, and he said, you know, like, you'll stay. You'll end up staying. And it surprised me at the time, and, and now I understand. But I always loved Australia, and, and even when I left, because I, I left for a couple of years and played in Europe, like I left my bank mm-hmm. account open here, because I'm like, oh, i got to come back, got to come back. <laughs> yeah. um, and so once I, my first season in Perth, I was like, okay, I know I want to stay now. How can I make that happen? And so started the process of applying for permanent residency and looking at ways to make that happen. And for me, that was a big transition from going on, you know, going from an import player where you're on a playing visa, which essentially is reliant on clubs having both like the desire for you to play for them and yeah. the finances back it up season in and season out. And, and I wasn't much a fan of that instability. And so I was like, well, how can I, you know, how can I make this my home and make it so I can stay? Um, and thankfully it worked out for me. Do you call it home now? Is this where you feel like is home for you? Yeah, this is home. It is. Like my family's still back in the state, but, but this is home. Now I've also noticed, I want to give you the chance to talk about this as well, because it's pretty exciting that I guess maybe maybe COVID-19 has helped you in some ways get this up and going. But the last few months, you've been able to open up the Land Performance Center. Looks like it's doing some great things. Can you, I guess, run through how this idea came about, what it's about, and how well's, well is it going in its, in its early days? Yeah, so, so what's been created has been a dream of mine for quite a few years, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I, got, once I got my residency, I actually started a strength and conditioning program with kids, and it's called the Youth Fit Strength and Conditioning. And, and the goal with that was to always get it in a, in a place where it, could, where it could sustain having its own facility. Um, obviously, I have a passion for basketball as well, but, but what I really love doing is helping kids get stronger, faster, better at their respective sports. And so over the course of the last three, four years, I've been, been active setting myself up to open this place. So, you know, we go back to talking about the Blitz and, and how SDL kind of was happening. So we had, we'd scheduled to open the doors for the Land Performance Center um, the Tuesday after Easter. Like that was, mm-hmm. that was the date, but that was, that's what we're shooting for, yep. which, you know, 10 days before is when everything shut down because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, which is, it's been a ton of work getting it up and going. And I remember the weekend of the Blitz being like, I'm exhausted. I'm not quite sure yet how I'm going to have to rejig everything. So I so I can do what needs to be done to make this dream happen and to make it viable and to make it profitable and all this sort of stuff and still have the energy to commit to competing mm-hmm. week in and week out in the SBL. I'm like, okay, because I'd always delayed it. I'm like, I'll figure that out later. I'll figure yep, that yep. out when games start. And then the blitz came and I'm like, oh, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do this. <laughs> so there, there was definitely an element of relief for me that came with that because it gave me more time to set it up well. And yeah, so what it is... Um, it's essentially a center that's half a basketball court on one side, the other half the gym space. There's a little bit of extra space upstairs that has turf and some conditioning and prowlers and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool, what I, I like, I absolutely love it, and it's turned out better than I hoped. Um, and what I found really cool is we have, like, we have a great team of staff that gets there, but 
like this morning I was in and I had a couple of kids come in that's their first time ever in a gym, like never been in a gym before. And I get to work with them. And while I'm working with them, there's a couple of our community members that come in and do a workout. There's a couple of SBL girls that are shooting on the shooting machine. So we have a basketball shooting machine that, that we hire out. Um, and then, you know, I have a wobble come in. I have a wobble kid come in after that. And I do some work, work with him. I work him out. And then as I'm heading out, like Sean's training one of these NBL guys. And there's this really cool, like layering effect that happens where you have like these absolute beginners coming in, you know, rubbing shoulders with these NBL guys and WNBL guys and SBL girls. And it's this really cool dynamic where everybody's there to get better at what they want to get better at, be it basketball, yeah. be it soccer, be it, be it volleyball. And, and probably what's been most pleasing for me is is to see the interaction between athletes from different clubs, to see interaction between kids of different levels, to see, you know, a community member that owns a cafe shaking hands with a nine-year-old boy in his first mm. session in the gym. Like, like that sort of stuff's really cool. And, and it's really, really cool seeing it come to life. Like it's all, it's all fun and fun and games to have, to have a shiny new place that has a beautifully sprung wood floor that's amazing to play on. Mm -hmm. But if nobody gets enjoyment out of it and nobody gets that feel of we're all in it together, even if we're competing against each other, it's been really, really cool. It sounds unreal. Um, yeah. Whereabouts is situated, Emma? So, so we're in Belcata, so right at right at Reed Highway and Wanneroo Road. Um, so not too far off the freeway. So most people that don't live in Mandra, um, it takes about <laughs> you know it takes about twenty twenty five minutes for most people, and a lot of them are less. Um, so it's a really nice central location, which is cool. Um, yeah, I'll give a shout out to our social media. It's like you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't followed us yet, do that because, yeah, you see a lot of cool content a lot and a lot of what's happening um, and a lot of that like splashes of different age groups and different levels. And yeah, yeah it's yeah. cool. Yeah. And it's pretty much open to anyone to come along and... Yeah. So, um, so the shooting machine you can book on our Facebook page at the moment and that's anybody can book anytime. And then we're also selling gym memberships to anybody that wants to come and work out and, and train there. Um, and then basically the third arm we have is our, is our coaching where we do strength and conditioning with kids. We do small groups. We do individuals. Um, we do some adult stuff as well. Sean Connolly's there doing, yep. um, doing his stuff, which is really cool. So yeah, yeah. that's a bit about that. Yeah, Chris, when it's, Chris, yeah. Chris, you'd, Sorry, you'd want to uh, go where the rings are being lowered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 think I think you're still pretty happy with the, the talk about the alley-oops that you threw to Doc Earl that we talked about last week, Randy. But it, but it, it sounds fantastic, Amber. Um, now, obviously, yeah, come on down and have a look when you're in the area. Or absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we'd absolutely love to will. have you. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, like Randy said, though, you might have to lower the rings for me. Um, but That's okay. It goes down to like <laughs> seven feet, so we can make that happen. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Um, now, obviously, you, you can't start up something like this on your own, and you mentioned Sean Connolly, who's a big part of it, uh, along along with you. Um, who else has been a big part of making this reality reality come true for you? Yeah, so there's two other staff, Jonathan Martinez and, and Jess Salvatore, um, who've been with me working with kids for a couple of years. Um, and so to have them on board and really buying in as, you know, interest go grows and and the beautiful thing about having four walls, it's in a bit more central to where we were before. You know, it's really created this this flow of people coming through the door. So it's been been really cool. Definitely couldn't have done it without them. It's a big it's definitely bigger than me, way bigger than me. Mm. I enjoy the challenge of it, but you also and I also need a team of people around me that, that do what they do well. Um, and they're all university qualified, you know, in their in their strength coaching and in their exercise science, which is which is great. Having really high level knowledge and having high level skill sets to really deliver results for people that are there. Yeah, uh, I just can't think of anything else like it, at least in Western Australia. So I think it's a fantastic thing that you've done. Um, going back to to you as a player, I wanted to ask Randy a question. When you were uh, coaching against, I guess when you were coaching against the Senators when Amber was such a key part of the team, how big of a focus was trying to limit her influence, trying to make sure you block her out, trying to stop her scoring, you know, 25 or more points a game. How how much of your scouting leading up to a Senators game would go into trying to focus on, on, on Amber? Yeah, it was all, all about Amber, as she just mentioned before there, you know, when uh, she was talking about she wishes she had another big with her playing and, you know, when she played Mandra, she had three people going to box her out. So um, that's basically was our was our goal to keep Amber off the boards. And even mm. so, you know, by the end of the game, she'd, you know, still have 12 or 15 boards um, mm. anyway. But, um, 
Yeah, just and, and also she was she was like the heart and soul. So if you kept her quiet or frustrated her and uh, tried to keep keep her out of the game, you know it had an influence on the rest of the players because they all followed her lead. So yeah, that's you know was was all definitely all about her. What's it like when you hear a former opposition coach talk about what their game plan was like trying to stop you, Amber? What, what is that a bit of a, a strange thing to hear? Um, it's really humbling to be honest. Mm. Like, and thank you because that's that's probably one of the biggest compliments you can give you can give a player is you know talking about my effect on the rest of the team. And so, so thanks for that. It also explains a little bit of how I felt sometimes, where <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, the next the next day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I feel I feel like I've just you know, sometimes I use the analogy clothes hanger. Like every time I catch the ball, there's somebody on my arms on my shoulders. Mm. And yeah, it explains a bit of that feeling. And, and yeah. <laughs> what about the coaches you have played under? Glenn, you know, Glenn Ellis, Glenn Clark, and, and Nixie now. Have you enjoyed all, all three of those? Uh, of those? Yeah. Yeah. All three very different personalities, but yeah. but they've all been fantastic. You know, Glenn, Glenn Ellis is, is one of those coaches that he's probably the most positive, energetic coach I've ever played for. Like his energy on the mm-hmm. sideline is so contagious and he legitimately believes best for you as a player. And that's just a really cool vibe to play for. Clark, he's he still the same now on the microphone. Knows. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Clark is everybody knows is an X's and O's man. And yep. and that to play, like he's probably the coach I've played for that sees the game most similarly to how I see it. Sure. And so once I understood how he saw it and what he wanted, it was really easy to play for him because like we thought the same way and we saw the same things and understood like the rhythm of the game the same way. And so like he was a fun coach to play for in that regards. And then... Like Nixie is his own mm. his own thing where especially at this stage of my career to have a coach that I can communicate with and you know, we'll joke around and, and sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll say to Nixie, Oh, I'm not listening to you anyway. Um and it's kind of this side comment of like there's such mutual respect between me and him and I can't say that um enough times where mm. you know, he trusts me to make the decisions I need to make to make plays and win games. But I also know that when when he's coaching and when he gives feedback and that, like I'll listen when it's important and I'll and I'll take it on board and yeah, because we're in it together and and definitely wanna wanna see the team succeed. So yeah, it's it's a really cool dynamic there now and it it's really cool playing for him. Okay, Randy. Now I know you've got to quickly dash. You've got a work meeting. Got anything you want to want to say before we we let you go and and you say goodbye to Amber? No, I appreciate talking to you, Amber, and I actually look forward to coming up and having a chat to you, perhaps at the West Coast Classic. Maybe if you're down playing Mandra or or whatever, I can give you the heads up that there'll be no Greg Clastorny or no Emma Clastorny, so you might walk away. <laughs> from the uh, thanks for that. Yeah, and we're down in Mandra, so I look forward to chatting with you in person. Yeah, well, thanks a lot. Okay, Amber, I just had, now that Randy's had to run, I wanted, wanted to leave, leave with one last question. Are you much of a goal setter? And now that, you're, now that you're looking, you know, to hopefully finish your career on the strongest possible notes in, you know, both personal and team success, are you someone that sets yourself some achievements that you want to achieve between now and the end of your playing career? Um, not really, actually. You know, it was like I mentioned earlier about, coming to Perth and really wanting wanting to set roots down and, and stay. And and when I did that, I kind of I kind of made the decision that, you know, Perth is home, I'm gonna stay here. And it might mean I give up some opportunities that I would have that I could have moved to pursue basketball wise. Mm. But for me at this stage, like I want to be the best player I can be. Um mm. and that might look different in terms of numbers than it has in the past. But for me it's mainly about having fun now. Like and competing is fun and winning is fun. But but keeping myself in the best shape I can be, as strong as I can be, you know, and as skilled as I can be and adding a few new tricks to my game, you know, here and there every season, um, is really, really helps me find a lot of that enjoyment in it. And so, yeah, it's really like in terms of ticking boxes, in terms of numbers or goals or winning a championship is always up there. Mm-hmm. Like that's sure. every year yeah, without yeah. a doubt, like just an automatic one. But, you know, win or, win or lose, I absolutely love the game and, and walking away from any game with, with that feeling of, you know, I competed and I worked hard and I got to play. I just really enjoy that. And so I probably recognize that, that the, <laughs> the end is closer than the beginning <laughs> at this mm-hmm. stage. And, you know, I don't know when the end's going to be, um, oh. but trying to, enjoy, trying to enjoy every game up until that point. No, fantastic. And, and this has been a lot of fun to actually have an extended chat with you. I mean, I guess when you do interviews in short, shorter time periods or, or post-game, it generally tends to be just about what's happening on the basketball court and the game that's just happened and the game you've got ahead. But 
to me, what we wanted to do when we started up a, a podcast like this, Randy and I really wanted to to get to know the people behind the basketball players and 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 to give them a platform to share their stories. And like I said to you when I asked you to come on, I think you've got a fascinating story to share. And and we've explored a lot of that on this show. And I've I've had a great time talking to you about it. And hopefully. Hopefully it's a bit of fun for you to actually actually get the chance to talk about your life in basketball and outside of basketball, and, and hopefully a lot of people enjoy hearing about it as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I really, uh, similar to what you said, enjoy the, the extended time where it's not, you know, just, yeah. you know, real rush and not with the heightened emotion uh, immediately sure, post-game. Sure. But <laughs> it has been fun definitely for me to reflect and, and think about things that I haven't thought about in a few years. And yeah. yeah, and I appreciate you guys putting the podcast together and exploring, you know, Perth basketball and what that means and what that looks like for different people. Because I think, one, it's an amazing game and it's cool mm. to see people doing what they can to give it a higher profile. So thank you yeah, very much. That's, that's what we're hoping to do. I mean, I guess we're we're doing it just because we're passionate about the game and we're here to try to promote it and try to promote the people in it. So hopefully that's what we've done with you because you've had an outstanding career and what you're now doing at the Land Performance Centre and what you've set up there is is fantastic. So I urge everyone to check it out on social media and, and go and check it out. But for now, we look forward to seeing you back in action this weekend in the West Coast Classic. And, and Amber Land, thanks very much for joining us on SBL Shoot Around. Thank you so much. Pleasure being here. Okay, welcome back here to SBR Shoot Around, and I hope you all enjoyed that chat with Amber Land, and we had a great time talking to her, and looking forward to seeing her in action now in the West Coast Classic, and looking forward to seeing how the Land Performance Centre continues to grow as well. Now, let's get straight into round one of the West Coast Classic. This is a this is a day we didn't know that it would be coming for sure. It's it's not the SBL; it's a replacement competition. It's going to run for ten weeks, and every team's going to play each other, and then we'll we'll have a finals weekend, which is going to be fascinating in its own right to see the champions decided over the course of one weekend. So it gets all underway this Friday night, jam packed round of fixtures to start things off with with the five games and speaking of Amberland, her Joondalup Wolves will be hosting the Perth Redbacks up at HBF Arena. Like we talked about earlier, it's really tough to know what the teams are going to look like until we see the players they have available. But it's fair to say when we were previewing the SBL season proper, we thought both the Wolves and the Redbacks would be would be contenders. You you tipped the, the Wolves to end up winning the championship and you had the Redbacks to certainly make the top eight. I had the Wolves still make, making the grand final and finishing as the regular season champion, so we and I, I had the Redbacks in the top eight too. So we had high hopes for both of these teams, but I guess we, it's a great unknown how they'll actually shape up now on Friday night. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it was good talking to Amber. Actually, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. highlighted in the first game yeah. here. So I think with the Redbacks, so if Maddie Allen does play, which we don't know whether she will, but you know she she will trouble their height. You know, as far as being a presence there, which some other teams probably wouldn't against mm-hmm. Junilup. Um, I just think the total depth of Junilup and their, their guards will be the deciding factor in that. So I'd say the Wolves at home by, by double figures, I'm going mm-hmm. to say 10. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Wolves as well, um, just because, well, but basically after talking to Amber, it sounded like they will have pretty much, pretty close to everyone available except for um, Brittany Hodges, who was their import. Yeah. So I think they'll have pretty, whether or not they have everyone for round one, but over the course of the season, I think it sounds like everyone will be available. But same with the Redbacks, aside from Lauren Mansfield, so they should have a pretty strong team too. But at home, I'll, I'll stick with the Wolves as well. Really looking forward to this game. Willington Tigers, the, the first ever official game now at the, the redeveloped Willington Basketball Stadium. Up against, up against their old rivals, the Lakeside Lightning. Got a veteran coach in Simon Parker up against a new coach of the Lakeside Lightning, Steve Bazant. So that'll be fascinating. Plenty of new look players on either side. We're not sure about the status of the imports on either team, so that makes it a tough one to tip. But Craig Mansfield wasn't so sold on the way we saw Lakeside going in the SBL season. You had them just sneaking into the top eight. I had them just missing out. But in terms of Williton, we both had them finishing inside the top eight. So they're two teams that we expected good things from. Now it's a wait and see for Friday night. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go for Williton here in a close game. I think just their new stadium, it'll be mm. it'll be buzzing. The girls would have the opportunity to train there and yep. shoot on the rings and stuff like that. Like sort of walk into a brand new yeah. stadium that they haven't seen. So I think that'll mean a lot in this game. So mm. yeah, I'd say Williton by six. Mm-hmm. I'll go Williton as well just because of that home court and be disappointing to open your brand new stadium with without a, a win. When Mandurah was redeveloped and you played your first game in that stadium, do you remember if you won the first game? Yeah, we won. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Now, this one's another interesting one. 
another new coach of the East Perth Eagles with Blake Stradev taking over over there. We both expect them to improve significantly this year. We did in the SBL and I think we both expect them to be much more competitive in the West Coast Classic. They host the Kalamunda Eastern Suns out at, at Mirabuka. Tough one, this one. Yeah, I probably I might lean towards East Perth just because they're at home. Mm-hmm. Friday night, travelling up there is a mm. is, is a tough one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not too sure the makeup of Kalamunda. I've seen the Eagle East Perth's squad and a pretty even bunch of players. So in a in a tight one I'll, and a new coach, I'm just going to say East Perth just yeah. by maybe two. Um, no disrespect to Kalamunda, I just don't know. Yeah. What their lineup is. As far as you know, they've still got BJ Moyes at East Perth. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, she'll, she'll be massive for them. So if she's running the point, then I'll go for the Eagles to get that win first up as well. And at some point, we're going to have to disagree, though, Randy. Mm. Um, and next up, this is a tough one for the Mandra girls on a Friday night. South, Southwest Slammers hosting the Mandra Magic down at the Eden Recreation Centre. We. We both thought the Southwest Lions would be competitive, but maybe not quite a playoff team this season. The Mandurah Magic, we both thought we both thought would do really well. Um, you had them finishing as runner-up. I had them finishing in the top four. But as we know, all of a sudden, they won't have Carly Bogue. They won't have either of the Clastorny sisters. Um, they won't have an import. So getting a team on the court might be might be a struggle. But I'd be surprised if the Slammers didn't have similar similar issues. Yeah, I think so. I, I think this would be a really tight game as well. Making that travel down to Eaton on a Friday night mm. is as tough as it gets. So as long as the girls, or the Mandra girls, are ready to go, you know they'll you know they'll be in the game. So I, I'm going to tip Mandra only because they've just probably got a couple more seasoned players than maybe what the Slammers will have. Mm-hmm. But I think it'll be a tight game. So I'll say Mandra by mm. six. I'm gonna go for the Slammers just to be different. Mm-hmm. Last game on the Friday night at Bendat Basketball Centre. This is another game between two teams that we had very high hopes for this year and certainly one of them we know that they're pretty much going to be still at full strength. So the Perry Lakes Hawks and the Warwick Senators, the the Hawks were going to have Nikki Gilday and, and certainly a pretty strong import contingent, which I don't think they'll now have, but they'll have a really strong core of locals and potentially Nat Burden, I think, still to lead that charge. But yeah, the Warwick Senators with Stacey Byron and Michaela Dyer in that backcourt and then Taylor Hepburn and Sam Roscoe up front. That's it's a it's a good team that, that Dion D'Agostino has to work with. Yeah, I'll go for the Warwick Senators in this one in a very close game. I think it's the game of the round. I think when, so. Yeah. When you look at it, I mean, I think they just might have a little bit more scoring power than than the Hawks and uh, played together, you know, quite a bit. They've been training a lot as we spoke. We only spoke to Dion what two months ago now. Yeah, were, yeah it's gone quick. Yeah, they were they were up and about. So um, I'd say Warwick by four. Yeah, it'll be a good game. And yeah, as you said, you you tipped these two teams to finish. As your top two teams in in at the end of the SBL season had everything gone to plan, I had them second and third, so we both had high hopes for them. Mm-hmm. Um, just on their home court, I might go Perry Lakes as well. I don't know the team that Docky will have to work with, but judging by her history, I know that they'll be be competitive. Saturday night, three more games as well. So this is a really big first round of action. Um, Mandra and Magic back home after going to Eden on Friday night. Tough turnaround, but I guess the Redbacks are coming back from Joondalup as well on Friday, yeah. so it's not easy for them. So the Mandra Magic and the Perth Redbacks on, on Saturday. Yeah, it's tough for Perth, isn't it? Two, mm. two away games straight up. Well, and almost as far away as each other as you can get if you're not taking yeah. a country trip. Yeah, they are. I go for Mandra at home here. I think uh, what will trouble Mandra will be Perth's height. I don't think Mandra got a great deal of height on the team. I just think being at home, they'll they'll just get over the Redbacks in this one in a close one. So I say Mandra by three. Well, I tipped them both to lose on Friday, so one of these will be zero and two if my tips go right. So. They might not be that happy with me, but I might go the home team. Go go for go for the magic. Now, two teams that'll be making their only appearance of the weekend: Rockingham Flames and the Coburn Cougars. The Flames are I don't know if they're the reigning champions because it's a different competition, but they're the reigning SBL champions anyway. But very different looking team than the one that won the championship for them last year. And the Coburn Cougars, I think they'll be a pretty young group, a pretty exciting group. Um, this is a, this is a tough one down in down in Rockingham. Yeah, I don't know who is going to be in these lineups, mm. but uh, I think with I think the Flames will have the advantage in the bigs, and I'm going to say the Cougars might have the advantages in the guards. Yeah. That's if Fijo is playing. I'm not too sure. Not sure. She's in Western Australia, but you know Ben and Fijo in the backcourt's yeah. pretty pretty exciting. It so is, yeah. I'm going to go for an upset here and have Coburn by by six. Yeah, I mean, again, it just depends on the personnel. If Chubitoni's playing for Rockingham, then maybe yeah. maybe that tips it tips it their way. It's just so much unknown, but. Maybe just with the emotion of the occasion, you would assume that 
in, given it's the first game of the year that Rockingham down there will unfurl their championship banner and, and I think they've, they've built a new grandstand I think on the opposite side of, of the court down there so they've done some work on that on that building in, in the well, in the ten-month off-season that we've that, that we've had, so yeah, just the emotion of the occasion. I think the the Flames might get a first-up win. Last up, two more teams with a double-header: Calamunda Eastern Suns hosting the Willerton Tigers. Yeah, I'll go for Willerton Tigers in this one. I think they'll be up and about after winning the previous night, and uh, we'll look to consolidate and and bowl the Eastern Suns over up at uh, Calamunda. Mm, I might disagree again. I might go Calamunda on their home floor. It's a tough place to go and play. They're, they're building a pretty good atmosphere out there as well, doing some good things at, at the Suns. So yeah, I might go for the Suns, but this was probably the hardest round we'll ever have to tip because <laughs> because we have completely no idea no, of the of the lineups isn't it i no. mean it, it, usually you'd have a team list in front of you that we can work off but given the nature of the west coast classic we just we really don't don't have any idea which in a lot of ways, makes it exciting to see how these games end up going. Yeah, absolutely. She's got the old dartboard out and thrown <laughs> yeah. a dart for this week, I think. So what that means is, please don't take our tips personally. No. <laughs> it, it certainly wasn't wasn't anything personal with the way that we tipped. And as we talked about when we did our season predictions, people can take these things very personally. But I, I can, can honestly say we have no grudge against any of those teams. No, you've got to make a, a pick and a decision. So that's the way we went. Absolutely, Randy. So wrapping wrapping that that segment up, how exciting is it that if we were in Victoria right now, we wouldn't be having a basketball season? And I don't know if we would be in a lot of the states across the country. A lot of the state leagues under the NBL One banner were cancelled long ago, and I don't know if they've made a decision to start up any sort of replacement competitions. But how excited excited are you that after everything we've been through over the last four months and the potential that we would have no basketball competition, that we've actually got one to, to talk about to preview? Yeah, and it's come around quick. I think in the in the last comments of the last show, I mentioned how lucky we were to be living yep. in, in Western Australia to be have this opportunity to, to have a competition like this. And um, yeah, I just hope everyone gets out there and supports their local club and supports the girls. You know, they probably need a little bit of help financial get a bit of you know money through the gates and make a make a good night of it okay wrapping things up here on SBR shoot around for another week and it's been a, been a really enjoyable show again that chat we had with Amberland was tremendous and as we talked about we had a we actually have a round one to preview that gets underway this Friday night which is pretty pretty exciting before we wrap things up Randy wanted to get your thoughts on what can you expect on the court when you haven't played an official game for at least t- 10 months for these for these teams? What sort of action do we expect to see? Do you expect the teams to get pretty tired? Do you expect it to be scrappy? Do you expect the players to be pretty excited to be back out there? What What do you think we'll, we'll see? Yeah, I reckon they'll be really tired to start <laughs> with. You know, they'll be yep. so excited. There'll probably be a, quite a few turnovers, quite a few fouls, but they'll settle into it, you know, after a little while. But yeah, I, I think the first quarter of most of these games are going to be a little bit ugly. You yeah. don't think they're going to come out and set the world on fire, so... But uh, the emotions will be be running high, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just looking forward to being able to attend stadiums with, with, with crowds where we've got no no limit on the amount of people that can come into these stadiums. So just make sure you get along to, to wherever you, you like this weekend. There's eight games to choose from across the Friday night and Saturday night. So no excuse to not get out there. Yeah, like like I said, it's been a really enjoyable show. Thanks to Amberland for joining us. Next week, all of a sudden, we can get into a real routine of wrapping up games, previewing games, and then bringing you some, some special guests. So all of a sudden, plan that we had when we first talked about doing this show... Nine, nine shows in will be probably the first episode that actually reflects something like we actually thought it might look like when we, we first started. Yeah, looking forward to it and um, been working on getting a sponsor, so for the West Coast Classic only, mm-hmm. and uh, that's getting closer, so I'm pretty comfortable in saying next week we'll have a, another sponsor, yep. and um, hopefully we're going to sort of try and introduce a player of the week, mm-hmm. which will be some sort of prize, which I'm working on at the moment, so that'll be really, really good news no, as well. that, That'll be fantastic, so both myself and Randy will get out to as many games as we can we'll we'll be watching the players closely we'll be between us we'll pick out a performer of the week and yeah we'll have a special prize for them so that's very exciting another reason to tune in here to sbl shoot around really enjoyed bringing this week to you make sure you come back next week as we wrap up the round one action and have a look ahead to round two and we'll make sure we've got another very special guest because i i don't think you can argue with the quality of guests we've had over these first first eight shows it's been everything and more than we could have hoped for but i'll sign off for this week i'm chris pike and leave you with the wise words again of Randy Meagle. Oh, I don't know about wise. Um, yeah, I've just um, yeah, really enjoyed the, the the chat there with Amber tonight, and they're going to be a tough 
tough team to beat. Look forward to getting along to some games and seeing some familiar faces. And you know, hopefully, if, if I come up to you and ask you whether you'd like to speak to me after the game, please support what Chris and I are trying to do. It's um, about promoting women's basketball in WA, and you know, jump on board. We'll have an interview and have a chat and make it fun. So, look forward to seeing you all over the weekend and coming weeks.